no Mickey show. Momentarily for class solidarity Cash circulating, give the masses back its currency Greed from elites, oligarchs, stay fed Deep state, faith fed, everybody break bread Racism, homophobia, sexism, religion And it's melted by we live in time to build a new system Unionize labor rights, highlight the issue Talking heads left is best, the saga continues Continues. The No Mickey Show Hello and welcome to the Nomi Key Show. It is Friday, November 5th, Femme Friday, and I am coming to you from the magical island of Puerto Rico, where I'm here for the Somos con- Conference. It is a New York staple. Believe it or not, I'm not here for the documentary, although I'm always here for the documentary. I am here because every New York politician and their consultants and their staff and the lobbyists and the interest groups, they're all here they come after it. It used to be an annual thing until COVID. They come to talk about, you know, what happened with the elections, what's to come. There's so many new elected officials. So this island is buzzing. It's basically like they transported all of New York's, you know, politicians to Puerto Rico for an island or for, for a weekend. So uh, fun times. We will be reporting on that next week because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot that's going to happen. But I did, I did get off the plane and uh, have a nice interaction with Mayor de Blasio and saw Governor H- Kathy Hochul walk off the plane. So it was a It's a little bit of a surprise. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But today we are not going to talk about New York politics. Just wanted to give you a little teaser. We are going to talk about the Democrats and what is happening with the Democratic Party. What is going on with the identity of the party? Why are the Democrats refusing to learn lessons? Why are they constantly pointing their fingers in in all the different directions that are not their own? Uh, We're going to talk about that with the one the only Francesca Fiorentini. She's the hey. host of the room. And there she is. Perfect lighting. I got the frizzy hair from the island. I got the, the you never know if the power's on or off. So I'm. thank you for bringing some seriousness to this show. Please. <laughs> you, you're, you're doing the Lord's work. You're bird dogging New York politicians. Uh, you, uh, I think, I don't know, or providing good distractions for them as uh, de Blasio talks to you instead of having to look Kathy Hochul in the face. I love it. That's exactly what happened. I walk <laughs> off the plane and, and I'm like, well, oh, he's really talking to me for a while. Like, this is very unusual. What's, what's, and then I don't know that behind me, like Kathy Hochul and her 25, uh, you know, assistance with her and security were, were walking by and they're running against each other for governor now. So that's, that's why folks. I love that. that. I yeah. love that so much. So was it like three minutes or five or like, what are we talking about here? I think it was, a. I mean, I would say somewhere like six ish. I didn't time it, but it definitely was not three. And then the funny way, the funny way I was waiting for my coffee. There's a coffee shop right outside of the gate when I got off. And I guess I got off before everybody else. Um, so I went to put an order in for a coffee and then I saw him and I was like, oh, say hi. So I, not because I'm like, a, but I do know him. So <laughs> you're, you're a big fan. <laughs> yeah, no, if he knows you, say hi, yeah. work it. But I, my way out was, oh, I'll see you later. I have to go get my coffee. <laughs> And you have to go be a man and <laughs> like, bye. bye. <laughs> Too much conversation, Mayor de Blasio. So funny. Have oh nothing my God. Else to I love that you them. ended the conversation with Bill de Blasio. That's mwah, flex. Getting my coffee. Big old flex. Yep. Yep. Little do we know. Um, but actually, I said I wasn't going to talk about New York politics, but I do think that this is a very good entrance point. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure our audience knows that I was on the Unity Reform Commission uh, after the election of 2016. The job of the Unity Reform Commission was to 
tour around the country, meet with DNC members, meet with activists, meet with uh, folks who used to run the party back when it used to be operational, and figure out how to fix it. And mm-hmm. uh, everything from reforming superdelegates, eliminating them, to uh, you know understanding the budget and how the structures work, and you know figuring out what's happening with state parties. And one thing that we learned uh, on this commission, I didn't learn because I was a New Yorker on the commission was that New York had the second lowest turnout in the country. And it had mm-hmm. to deal with their restrictive voting laws, um, some of which have, have been, since the IDC was eliminated, uh, a lot of reforms have been passed. But this election, there were a couple of ballot items on the election for very simple reforms, especially now that Governor Cuomo is not in office and the Democrats mm-hmm. are in the majority. And those yeah. are reforms such as uh, same-day voter registration, uh, expanded ballot access, you know, mail-in voting. Really, like in many states in this country, including Republican states like Arizona, these things exist. Mm. It turned out there was a report saying that the New York State Democratic Party, which was Cuomo's party up until a few months ago, but like is figuring out their identity, uh, they did not put any money into passing these ballot items. And so people are furious. But you know what they did put and money into? they didn't into? pass. They did not pass. They did not mm. pass because people do not understand them. They don't know. But what they did spend money on with Republicans was defeating India Walton with a write-in campaign. So I thought this was a kind of a good moment to, before we get to the big Democratic Party stuff, I I feel like this is such a perfect illustration, especially since so much of the Democrats' decision-making is coming from New York consulting class. Like there's Mm. there's an overlap there. Mm -hmm. But people see through this. Reporters were like, what? You didn't spend any money? So it's, it's like... I think Americans right now are starting to see how the sausage is made, and they're like, "Really, really? Yeah. This is what it's about." Even billionaires, um, a, a very Donald Sussman, who gave fifty million dollars to Democrats last cycle, says, "I'm not giving any more money to you guys until you dig- figure out what's going on with um, voting rights. Until you prioritize." Good, it. yes. So even they're protesting. Yeah, when when billionaires are outraged, uh, you know you've got a problem. Like you might be morally bankrupt if. <laughs> your donors are like, you know, you should really do more with my money. Like that is yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it's, I mean, other than, you know, taxes are like, well, we hear about other things too. So, you know, this is, it's, it, I feel like we're beating a dead donkey. Um, I've been on repeat for the last uh, seven years. It's like, welcome to my Ted talk every two months, but there is a, crisis that I think goes deeper than just the Democrats not having morals. I think there's reporters who don't find process interesting, but it's kind of these moments in process. I mean, we're just learning that Joe Manchin, in a public way, is so so insanely rich from the coal industry and Mm -hmm. his daughter, of course, the EpiPen scandal, that he owns a Maserati. Like, what lawmaker owns a Maserati? But, you know, Bernie Sanders and his... uh, $200 $200 jacket that his dad, his, his son got. His second home. Yeah. His lake home is like a big deal or he made a million dollars on his book. So, oh my God, I, I think it's been a crossroads kind of week. No, Miki, like I've been, you know, I think that the stuff about New York is so stark and it makes you actually, it makes me think a lot about Bernie Sanders. And I was saying this the other day, I'm like cursing myself as I go to sleep, trying to sleep, like, God damn it, fucking Democrat. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I'm thinking about Bernie. And what's so interesting about Bernie Sanders and the movement that he helped um, create and that he, you know, seeded 
was that he taught a lot of progressives and leftists that it is possible to work within the Democratic Party um, and it's possible to pull them. It is possible to cajole. It is possible to um, galvanize Democratic voters and get be a player right? Be a player. Don't be on the fringes. And I think that was really important. The problem is, is that the lesson of Bernie Sanders's political career is not mm. working inside the Democratic Party. It is running as an independent despite and in the face of the Democratic Party on a local level right. and then gaining power from there. That's right. So that is amazing to me, right? That we and look, I am I am not saying that we start a third party on a national level right now. Um, but what I am looking at are some of I'm the not local, saying that either. <laughs> no. Yeah. But I what I am looking at are some of these local races, the city, whether it's city council, whether it's, you know, uh the mayoral races, like in Boston, where Michelle Wu won. Um, you know, you know, even so all the different ways that Democratic socialists are making inroads. Yes, of course, shot down in Buffalo. Um, but like that may be the way that running inside the Democratic Party on a local level is, in fact, not a good idea. Especially, And India Walton might have just proven that. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious as to your thoughts. No, I think it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, we I think as as a movement see the party or expect the party to be a party, to expect it to be something that is vibrant. I even think people in the Democratic Party who are loyal Democrats and progressive um, expect it to be a party, meaning something that is working and breathing and evolving, like the Constitution is supposed to be. You know, it's this thing that's supposed to reflect citizens. But but the reality is, is in most states, it's it's a ballot line, and so. Yeah. Um, New York has a little bit of a different structure, and and in, in Vermont, the reason why Bernie was was an independent was because their elections are run differently. And so, mm -hmm. you know, in a state like California, if you're not running as a Democrat, you're not going to win. I mean, that's just the reality because you don't have there's there are no other vibrant parties, and it's really hard to you know to get another uh, party on the ballot. But you know what they've done in New York is there are many different parties. There's Working Families, there's Conservative. I think Green's still operational, if I'm correct. Um, and there, and and oftentimes candidates like India Walton will get uh, multiple ballot lines. Mm -hmm. The problem mm -hmm. in a state like New York is that the party, which is basically a slush fund um, in New York, it's non-operational. I mean, most New Yorkers are Democrats. They're actual Democrats who are in the Senate, like Democrats, not DSA members, who don't work with the Democratic Party because it was Cuomo's utility. And so what happened with Indy Walton wasn't about the Democrats. It was about Cuomo's slush fund going after her because mm. the, the mayor, Byron Brown, was Cuomo's guy and was previously the Democratic Party chair just like right. a year ago. So, but it's with that is related to entrenched Democratic power yeah. and also the ways that it works with the right and Republicans to ensure that nothing changes uh, and that corporate power still maintains itself. I mean, yeah, you look, I totally get that, but I guess I'm just like, I, and the other question I have is like, how many lessons should we be drawing? So mm -hmm. India Walton's got a slush, slush fund working against her. Terry McAuliffe was like, you know, like, first of all, the Virginia governorship, it like it ping pongs, right? It's ping pong for many, many years now, goes back and forth, depending on who's in the White House. And so drawing so many conclusions off of it, 
Like, again, I, I, the only reason I feel like we're progressives are responding is because the mainstream media is responding and being like, this is it. You know, it's all the progressives fault. Are they moving to left? Uh, it's all their sh- woke shaming everybody, blah, 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 blah. And so I feel like that's we're suckered into the conversation when I'm not totally sure if we've actually lost, if Democrats have actually lost ground, at least, you know, <laughs> if it hasn't evened out, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, the only difference I would say is that um, McAuliffe won his first governorship in the first, uh, I guess, it's not midterm, but the, the first year after uh, Obama won. So mm-hmm. it's it's similar. Don't forget, Terry McAuliffe was a governor before. He also has name ID that no one else has. And, yes. you know, had so much money coming to him. But when the media says, like, the woke shit, the people who are making the woke shit the woke shit of the Republicans. You know, they're the ones who are turning CRT into something that's, like, you know, a, a fear tactic. They're the ones who have made every woman and squad member uh, the demon and, and and you know, trying to prevent them from speaking at all, which is, you know, it's a tool. It's like they go out. Oh, yeah. When the right wants to, exactly. When the right wants to play their like retrograde culture war crap, we have to take it completely seriously. Oh, white people are getting so upset. And when, and and then on the left, it's like uh, people on Twitter want you to use proper pronouns. Like, I don't know. Like, what are we actually talking about? It's like people who aren't even in power, you know, you have a massive uprising around the murder of George Floyd, the biggest in our lifetimes, yeah. and has it hasn't translated to any policy change because what people are punished because they didn't like the defund the police slogan. Get out of here! Right? Like it, it's just insane. So again, it is a little bit of the the discourse at least is absolutely making the Democrats run from their base, their younger, growing, more diverse base could be base Mm -hmm. largely bernie's base let's be honest largely aoc and a lot of squad base if there was a base making them run from that and then looking at republicans and being like oh no no they they totally embrace that and they've got billionaires astroturfing the crt movement like the Koch brothers and others so it's like yeah no that that's all good that's like genuine and that is real and we should be very 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 careful about white people's feelings and so I do think there is, there's a lot of racism here, but also we're a racist country. So you have to be like, well, how do we combat these BS culture wars like CRT? And I do think this country lacks, at least on the left and Democrats and the left, you know, the Democrats solution is sort of a very, um, neoliberal kind of 80s, 90s, like we are the world type politics, (laughs) as long as we have every little bucket of representation, you know, we can all sort of like, you know, move international capitalism forward, like, and it'll be great, like, and, and, you know, destroy the planet. And that is obviously not what, you know, real intersectionality, real identity politics, real feminism, real, you know, whatever, like racial justice movements are saying Mm -hmm. at all. They, They want structural change. But there is no narrative, right? So, like, what is – and to me, I'm like, even Obama had some of that narrative a little bit right. better, which is sort of like our best days are ahead of us, you know, which white people took to be like, well, we don't have to talk about what happened, you know? Right. We don't have to talk about slavery, the unfinished reconstruction, Jim Crow, legacies like redlining, blah, redlining. blah, blah. Like, we just move forward. <laughs> and I think we still lack – because we have a president who also in the Obama vein wants to – only look forward when, God damn it, 
Trump is a symptom of the fact that we have not dealt with in a meaningful way racism and legacies of white supremacy in this country, right? That can be mm-hmm. inclusive and 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 you and we again, you don't necessarily have to go forward, but I, I felt like if you say something like we are a multiracial democracy, you know, we 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 pride ourselves in all of these things. And it's not just lip service. Um and then you kind of showcase like working class black and Latino people, right? Not just folks who whatever, like not just celebrities. Um, and, and again, and, and maybe it has to do with a lack of a strong union movement, which I know is growing now, but there is some of the biggest like, um, example of intersectional politics when it comes to both class and race, because in labor, everyone's together, you know, Kellogg Mm -hmm. workers are all kinds of, of all stripes of all creeds, religions, and races and backgrounds. So they're all in the trenches together fighting right now. And they're pushing their leadership too. I mean, so some of this, I, I'm of the belief, and this is probably why I, I, folks identify me with this democratic party stuff is, is because when you really get down to it, and I think what we're seeing right now is the process is being revealed as, wait, it's this one guy standing in the way? It's not all of the Democrats? Or it's this, you know, Jay Jacobs, the Democratic Party chair, not all of the Democrats in New York feel this way? Or it's, you know, uh, the parliamentarian? You start to realize that the entire the wheels of government are being controlled by just a couple of bad actors. And yeah. the DNC chair's race, I think, is a, is a perfect example because at the end of the day, Heath Ellison could have won that. And then in the, in the moments in between, they did some shenanigans to move three votes, you know, what their best price was or whatever it was. Um, and then that's how he lost the election, which, which obviously affected how the Democratic Party works. But same thing in unions. So this is mm. important too, is because you're having membership now in these unions push up against their leadership. Leadership, you know, many of them are not rank and file um, union members that are leaders. Not all of them, but but some of them. You know, Sarah Nelson is she comes from her membership, and I think that's one of the reasons why she's such an extraordinary union leader. But many mm. are lawyers, um, and they're there to keep the union together and in line and cut deals. And when you're so when you're so used to just having to bend to whoever the governor is and the governor controls the budget and then that's how you're going to get, you know, your workers protected, but the governor's a neoliberal who takes a bunch of Republican money, you know, this all kind of moves. And and I don't know, yeah. I mean, what you're saying about the intersectionality of unions too is we also have a different union movement today than we did 30, 40 years ago. It's, it's yeah. extremely diverse, it's extremely female and um, extremely radical. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. But I mean, for but, just but, a, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, go, you, you, you go. No, you're the guest. You had a thought. No, go I was, I mean, I, I just do think that it is, it's incredibly revealing just how petty the Democratic Party can be and resistant to change. Uh, and you're absolutely right that it, it is, you know, if it weren't Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema, it would be somebody else, right? And I do think that they are running cover for a lot of other folks. Maybe they're running cover for the par- parliamentarian. Once again, we don't know how that person's going to rule on this, right? So it is a little bit of a like general consensus always that we will uphold the status quo and that no, we don't want broad sweeping change. And 
you know, I mean, honestly, it is a chicken or the egg situation because so much of this has to do with getting dark money and any kind of big money out of politics. But so long as, I mean, how how the hell do you do that? How do you actually do that? It's like Kirsten Gillibrand was the only person on the stage in the Democratic primary, her first opening remarks, get big money out of politics. And I was like, I love you. Wherever you go, I go. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, and, and honestly, like, Someone like Gillibrand actually could be, you know, I know she's got like she was buddies with Cuomo and there's a lot of bad things, but I'm like, you know, you got to look for other leaders, right? I don't think Kamala Harris is it. Uh, I wish it were AOC. I wish we had, you you know, I do think she she projects strength Mm -hmm. in the way that Joe Biden does not know how to project strength. So that even if you're a lib right now, even if you're like, just kind of a centrist and you vote blue no matter who and blah, blah, blah. You, I would be super disappointed in this president for not saying, look, this is my party. This is the country that I lead. And we're all getting in line behind this because it's time we're going forward. Not being asked on a national stage, hey, what do you think of Kirsten Cinema?" and saying, oh, she's smart as a devil. <laughs> ooh, ooh, you know, like, oh, she making you uncomfortable, president right. of the United States? So I, I just saw that uh, Senator Schumer is here in Puerto Rico uh, schmoozing, and I thought to myself, well, you know, okay, every he's he's part of the New York political class. He he should be here. It's important, but it would be great to see some activists maybe protest him and say, or at least ask him the question, "Hey, Senator Schumer, um, great that you supported India Walton because he had nothing to lose. But you know what you 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 could do right now is maybe um, pressure Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema because you are the Senate leader that we elected to keep this stuff together. Just as Joe Biden should be doing the same exact thing. Um, yeah, where I, is he? I'm sorry. Where is Chuck Schumer? Oh, like, no, where like, has he been? He's literally at the hotel down the street. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. go find him. I'll cool. please go find him and tell him where the hell he's been this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, because like, well, he's doing press conferences about like bath bath beads. That's usually what his his jam is. He's, he finds something that's completely non controversial. That like, oh my god, the kids are getting the bath beads, or you know, <laughs> um, I do want to play something though because what you just said about Senator uh, Kirsten Gillibrand versus Senator Manchin, I think to myself, well, politicians hate to fundraise; they really do. Mm. And when you really sit down with many politicians, although not all of them, even Republicans hate fundraising. So campaign finance reform would actually make their lives easier. There are some exceptions. And I think the exception is those who are making money off the system, which should be totally illegal and investigated, by the way, like Joe Manchin. So let's play this clip of Joe Manchin leaving his garage in his Maserati. And he tried to run us over. Oh, my God. They should, they should yeah he's continuing to drive forward you know that if this was anybody else progressive they'd have the police filing charges yeah i mean i think it's a little too on the nose to have a literal a literal maserati a suv maserati barreling into climate change activists who are asking to live like that's just like it's a little it's just too much like if someone's like point to the moment where like you know shit got out of control 
in and like <laughs> I think this was the moment. Uh, obviously, he's not barreling into them, but it's just like, ugh, it just drives a knife so deep. And kudos to the Sunrise movement, you know, which is interesting because Sunrise, uh, you know, Sunrise has played, tried to play the electoral game. They've been on the inside of some discussions, and it looks like that five hundred fifty-five billion dollars that is part of the Build Back Better Act, if it even gets planned, it passed, doesn't include some provisions that would actually help reduce emissions, which are basically penalties on corporations that don't obey the standards or, you know, and so it's like, or any taxes because Manchin wanted all that stuff gone. And so they have every right to be mad and be out in front and standing in front of his Maserati because they've, and if you say that these are just unruly activists, obviously we know that's not the truth because these are literally people who've also been inside the halls of Congress. Well, and 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 this reminds me of those days when uh, George Bush was being protested every time he exited the White House, and there were you know lines of people on the street constantly booing him on the way to the inauguration of uh, Barack Obama. People were booing his car as they went by. I I think maybe we have a little fatigue, but but that. Every it's like seeing those dictators when they exit their place. There should be hundreds of people yeah. constantly following him around, and and kudos to them. But that is what's going to make his life uncomfortable. He is different than cinema. She's, I mean, she's just a complete. This is a man who number one should be investigated for any sort of insider activity that's happening there, and the fact that he's making so much money on the outside that he has a Maserati. Senators don't make that much money. <laughs> what is it like a six hundred thousand dollar car? So. This is, I mean, this is an ethics violation. The other thing is, like, I want some of the other senators, and I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes, but this is my job as an activist on the outside, to say things that are crazy and not know what's going on inside. That's how this works. Yeah. Why don't you, you know, raise a stink? Why? Why? I mean, I know they're frustrated. You hear these little moments here and there, but there needs to be protest even internally because it's affecting their ability to get reelected. It's affecting congressional members' ability to get reelected because this guy's holding up a key piece of legislation that is the only thing that's going to make Democrats potentially keep seats or forget about winning seats at this point. It's the only thing. And Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin's really standing in the way and obviously uh, leadership is doing nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, and the politics of respectability that the Republic, I mean, that Democrats play only with themselves and the media. Like, it's like, no, you realize nobody else cares about your politics of respectability. Like, the right totally doesn't care. Um, the grassroots, pe- ordinary people totally don't care. Too busy, too strapped with debt, too, you know, too burdened to, to, to care about your respectability. They want something done. It's just for you. It's just for your colleagues. And it's just for them. It's for Jake Tapper. That's it. So I don't understand why we're playing it anymore. Like, who cares if you call somebody out and everything? Oh, yeah. oh, they call him out in public. Oh, yeah. oh, Bernie went after, you know, Manchin and AOC. It's like, obviously, everyone should be going after them. This is totally fine. I think the bathroom stunt was totally fine. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> final, uh, great final words, Francesca. I really don't give a shit what it takes. I don't give a shit. I, I don't give a shit it. if she's taking a shit. I don't give a shit. Literally. You should not be able to poo in peace if you are preventing people from getting necessary things. If you're preventing climate ch- change legislation, you think it's we're going to be like age. in the future, like, oh, yeah, our grandchildren be like, well, honey, so here's the thing. The reason that we have to, you know, uh, roast this rat over an oil barrel right now is because 
you know, you're not allowed to follow uh, senators into bathrooms and just be loud. It's so uncivil. That's literally it. You have just summarized it in one one line. <laughs> Get ready for the taste of rat. Um, and cockroaches are very crunchy mm. and they don't die. Oh, yeah. So, I'm sure they fry know. up great. They're, it's like popcorn. Yeah. Uh, Francesca, who's on your show this week? Vituation oh, man. Um, we have on Sunday night, um, Akila Lacey of The Intercept is on, and she's going to also be bringing down some of the, the election results of the week. And my partner, Matt Lieb, is going to be on, so that'll be a good old raucous time. Fantastic. And they can check it out where? At my YouTube channel, at Franny Fio, F-R-A-N-I-F-I-O, on YouTube or Twitch, and then listen on all podcast platforms. Thank you, Francesca. You're the best. Hope to see Thank you, you soon. Thank you, um, Do great work. Have a good time. I'm going to go find Chuck Schumer. Go find Chuck. I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I was like, listen, this is my idea. This is Francesca's. I, th- th- these are her lines, but I do not look forward to eating rat. So could you do something <laughs> about that? Just, yeah, I'm yeah, a vegetarian. Yeah. It's, it's beyond my, and we know crops are already out. So. Well, you know, rats are actually, um, quite, uh, climate friendly. There's zero carbon. The offset of eating rats is good. Uh, Why don't yeah. you try it first, Senator? Love to see that. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Nomi. All right. Take care, everybody. Uh, that's a wrap for this week's show. It's Fem Friday. It's a special Fem Friday episode. Thank you for your patience. We will see you next week. In the meantime, stay in solidarity. And join us, by the way, on, on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. for TNS Live right here and over at rockfin.com slash Nomi Key. Stay in solidarity. Clash momentarily for class solidarity. Cash circulating, give the masses back its currency. Greed from elites, oligarchs stay fed. Deep state, faith fed. Everybody break bread. Racism, homophobia, sexism, religion in this melted pot. We live in time to build a new system. Unionize labor rights. Highlight the issue. Talking heads left is best. The saga continues. Continues. The No Mickey Show.